<laughs> All right. It's a bit toasty up here, so I'm going to try, try and talk super fast uh, and get back in the shade. Um, I'm just kidding. We're going to be here for the next hour and a half. <laughs> All right. For real. Uh, this morning, uh, very privileged to be able to preach. Uh, this morning, we are going to talk about running the race of faith, as Mike had mentioned uh, earlier. And there are three uh, main points that we have today. The legacy of faith, laying aside sin, and looking at Jesus. Again, that was the legacy of faith, laying aside sin, and looking at Jesus. And so, uh, you know, when I was given free reign to uh, preach on whatever today, um, I recently read through the book of Hebrews. And that's where our passage is going to come from this morning, Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. And uh, just, yeah, a really blessed by that study and just kind of gleaning things from that. And so it just made sense to uh, speak to you today from that book. Uh, but in addition to that, you know, uh, it makes sense because as I think about it and probably as you think about uh, how things are right now, this uh, the whole pandemic thing, uh, you know, things are starting to open up. I think there is a general sense that our lives are slowly getting back to normal. Uh, I just had the opportunity to eat inside at a restaurant, uh, meeting up with a buddy for discipleship. And so that was the first time that I had done that in over a year. Um, Easter weekend, I think that was huge, kind of sense of, you know, things are getting back to normal. This time last year, uh, you know, everything was canceled for Easter weekend. And so that was a, a real tough thing to have to make that call on as elders. Uh, but this year, you know, Good Friday service, second day, uh, Easter Sunday, and then baptisms on top of that. It was an amazing weekend. And I think that that weekend perfectly encapsulates the, the DNA of our church. You know, we are about the creative arts. We are about filling those void spaces that other churches are not speaking into. And so for us to have that, you know, and many of you, it was your first time experiencing an Easter weekend like that. I think that was really cool. Hopefully you really enjoyed that. Uh, maybe it was the first time you'd ever experienced anything like that at any church you've ever been to. Uh, and so as uh, long and as tiring as the weekend may have been, you know, it was so life-giving and it felt so good to me uh, to be able to get back to normal ministry. And so uh, on top of that, you know, for each of you personally, as we think about this idea of running the race and, and the importance of covering it today, you know, a lot of us have struggled this past year. A lot of us, if we're honest with ourselves, if we think about it, we have not ran the race well. And I'm right there with you. Uh, you know, different sins that we've been struggling with as we've been isolated and things like that. Uh, there may have been points this past year where you felt so tired, uh, you tripped and fell, where uh, you were just struggling. And I want you to know today and be encouraged as uh, we have our time together that God is for you and that we as leadership are for you and to know that God is going to help you finish the race. God is going to help you finish the race. He will help you get back on your feet and start running again and He will help you finish this race. So that's why we're looking at running the race this morning. A legacy of faith, laying aside sin, and looking at Jesus. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Hebrews 12, 1-2. to 
Hebrews 12, 1-2 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which, which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking at Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for this word. God, we thank you for uh, this race that we are able to run by your grace. And Lord, as we look to this passage this morning, as we are reminded of the race that we should be running, God, I pray that you would encourage us where we need encouragement and challenge us and convict us where we need to be challenged and convicted by your word, God, by your Holy Spirit. Speak to us today. God, we pray. Uh, may your word go forth and not return void. Lord, I just, uh, yeah, ask that you would um, to speak boldly through me now in your name. Amen. All right, so just a super quick uh, overview of Hebrews. Uh, the author is unknown, and so we're not going to get into the whole debate and discussion on who it might be. You know, a lot of scholars have differing views. Um, so as, as we go through our time today, I'll just basically be referring to the uh, writer of Hebrews as the writer of Hebrews. Uh, it was written around 67 to 69 A.D. So there was persecution happening in the church. Not only that, uh, from inside the church, there were these false doctrines and false religions kind of rising up uh, where they were preaching a gospel that was a mixture of both uh, the law, the old law, and grace. And uh, obviously, being the book of Hebrews, it was written to a Jewish audience. And that Jewish audience probably spanned the whole scope of, of where they could be spiritually. Uh, strong believers... Believers that were struggling in their faith, uh, probably non-believers, and then those that probably had a, a good head knowledge because, again, growing up in the Jewish tradition, but not quite making it uh, trans, uh, translate into uh, you know heart knowledge. And so maybe you find yourself in one of those uh, different uh, groups of people as you listen this morning. And so, again, running the race of faith. First, the legacy of faith. Look at verse 1, uh, the beginning part of verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and we'll stop there. Uh, as you know, in context, as we read God's word, when we see the word therefore, we have to look at the passage before that it's referring to. Chapter 11, commonly known as the Hall of Faith passage. It's this uh, amazing passage of just uh, this long list of the faith and saints that have gone before us, uh, those that have uh, given their life uh, for God, and it was credited to them as righteousness. People like Abel, Noah, Moses, Rahab, Sarah, judges like Gideon, prophets like Daniel, the list goes on and on. And I think as we think about this, uh, you know, cloud of witnesses, these men and women of the faith that have gone before us and left a legacy of faith for us to follow in, it's kind of daunting. You know, these men and women did amazing things for God. But it's important to remember that none of them were perfect. None of them were perfect. As great as things as they did for the Lord, none of them were perfect. When you look at that list, you have a whole slew of things. You have murderers, you have liars, you have prostitutes, you have um, adulterers. You know, the list goes on and on. Any sin that you could think of is probably found in one of their lives. <clears throat> And so they all struggled. 
They all had sin, but yet they all finished the race. They were all credited as being righteous. And so it's important for us to understand that uh, this cloud of witness, witnesses, these, this legacy of faith, um, it's not an idea of they're witnessing us. They're, they're not uh, in the grandstands or the bleachers of heaven, if you will, looking down on us just as a spectacle, like, ooh, Darren fell into that sin again today. I wouldn't have done that, you know. But no, it's the idea that they bear witness to who God is. They bear witness to what God has done and what God can do in their lives. So it's important for us to remember that the same God who is for them, the same God who parted the Red Sea, the same God who shut the mouths of lions, the same God who, you know, walked through the fire with them, the same God who helped them uh, win battles outnumbered by tens of thousands, is the same God for us today, the same God that we believe in and follow. He does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same cloud of witnesses, this legacy of faith that we look at, they bear witness to what a life looks like in very practical ways for us to model our lives after and follow after. They've gone through things. So when we go through these same things, we can look to their lives and how they lived it out. Enduring suffering, faithfulness, enduring persecution, living with integrity, all these things they they bear witness to and they give us an example to follow. It's also important to note at the end of verse 1 that this race is a marathon. It is not a sprint. It says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. This idea of endurance, right? Uh, it's not let us run with speed. Let us run with endurance. This idea of endurance means you've got to be in it for the long haul. The, the cloud of witnesses, this legacy of faith that we see, uh, their lives uh, span years and decades in Scripture. And we get a picture into that. They ran for years and decades. And so we don't want to be like the parable of the soils in, in the New Testament, in the Gospels, right? We don't want to uh, just run out of the blocks with a lot of joy, you know, and speed. And then as soon as that scorching co- sun comes on us, as soon as the, the thorns of life come, then we get choked out and wither away. We need to be prepared to be in it for the long haul. You know, Nolan getting baptized the other week definitely um, got me thinking about my legacy of faith and just uh, tremendously blessed to see him make that decision and to uh, be a part of that. I think about my father and I know that I'm so um, grateful, so uh, fortunate to have a legacy of faith to follow in. You know, um, when my dad, when we had his memorial service, uh, you know, countless people came up and gave testimony to this, how committed and how faithful my dad was, how he loved us as his family, and he loved the Lord, and he loved his church family. And so I'm seeking to do that same thing, to follow in that legacy of faith, to live a life just completely sold out for Jesus Christ, and to model that for my kids, for Nolan and Noel and even for Cynthia. And even on a, you know, just peer-to-peer level, as you, with you guys, my brothers and sisters, 
And I'm trying to leave that legacy of faith. If you'd have, uh, you know, told me six, five, six years ago when we first started City Bible Church, when, when Crit, uh, you know, approached Cynthia and I about joining, uh, and you would have said, yeah, you know, in five, six years, you're going to start writing songs for the church. I would have thought you were crazy. I would have been like, dude, I, I don't even have any formal musical training. How am I going to write songs? And so I know that I'm not going to sell out concerts. I'm not going to have my name out, up in lights. But to leave a legacy of faith uh, in regards to worship and just giving our church songs that, Lord willing, we can sing for generations to come uh, is a tremendous blessing. And I hope that similarly when my time comes, just like my dad, you guys, people will say, man, Darren, he ran the race well. He finished strong. He left a legacy of faith for others to follow in. He was always there for me. You know, he always had an encouraging word. Um, you know, he was faithful. And so, like I said, I know I'm a very rare case where I'm fortunate to come from a legacy of faith. And as we talked about a couple weeks ago with Mike, or last week with Mike, you know, they, that may not be the case for everybody here. I understand that. I get that. But I think what's awesome is that, like Mike said, when you come to faith, it doesn't matter what your past was. So know that uh, even if you didn't have parents who are believers that gave you a legacy of faith to follow in, you can start your legacy of faith now. That's what God called you to. And the majority of us are on the younger side here. Don't wait until you're older. Don't wait until uh, you know, you're married. Don't wait until you have kids. Start your legacy of faith now. That's what God wants us to do for your brothers and sisters around you. And as a church... We want to leave a legacy of faith as well, right? We want to model for other churches what it looks like to be, uh, not necessarily, we talk about this all the time, right? Not necessarily a big church, but a church that attempts big things for God and his kingdom. And so down the road, you know, I firmly believe that God will establish our church for decades to come. And so down the road, people look at our church and they will say, man, City Bible Church, they took some great steps of faith for God's kingdom. They did amazing things for the kingdom of God. So what kind of legacy of faith are we leaving as individuals and as a church? Does it point to a life and a church that is running the race well? And if we aren't, you know, maybe that brings us to our second point. Again, running the race of faith. First, the legacy of faith. Now laying aside sin. Yeah, the Hebrews actually differentiates between weights and sins, and so we'll kind of do the same thing. That's the middle part of 12, verse 1. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. So weights aren't necessarily bad things. right? They help us train. Uh, they do have benefit. Um, obviously, we can't go through a sermon that I, I'm going to preach without a sports analogy. So it made me think of uh, baseball. And so if you know anything about baseball, maybe you can kind of picture this if you've seen baseball before. But the batter that's on deck, that's next up, he will usually warm up his bat with what's called a hitting donut. So it's a little metal circular uh, disc that they put on the bat, and it gives extra weight to it. So as they're warming up and swinging, it feels really heavy, right? And so it's difficult to swing. Uh, but then when they take that off, their bat speed increases because they no longer have that weight. They're unhindered. Their swing is unhindered. And so they're a lot faster. And so the concept is the same here. 
with this idea of weight, you know. It may not necessarily be bad things in our lives, uh, relationships, uh, work, maybe uh, hobbies, uh, drinking, uh, secular music, movies, TV, you know, things like that. They're, they're not bad in and of itself. They're not particularly sinful in and of themselves. But can they weigh us down? And some of you might be saying, oh, you know, that seems kind of legalistic, Darren. And, you know, I would venture to say that maybe that's something that someone has some weight to shed, might say. And so, you know, because what, what, what is the point, right? What's the point if our life doesn't look different? We spent, you know, two weeks looking at, uh, you know, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. the point. There's nothing wrong with that, but he knows, man, there are certain anime, he tells me, shedding that weight. And so similarly to you, you know, what sin or excuse me, what weight? And freely and unhindered. We should do it for ourselves and our own personal holiness and purity. But even on top of that, man, let's do it for our brothers and sisters here at this church. Let's choose the more excellent way. That second part of uh, the middle of verse 1, lay aside sin. Super straightforward, right? This is getting more into the nitty-gritty. Sin is going to entangle us. It clings closely to us. It hinders us. It's going to trip you up and won't let you move, won't let you progress in your faith. Paul in Romans 7.24 talks about the body of sin. And Pastor Chris has talked about this before, explaining this in in some detail. Uh, You know, in Rome, when you murdered someone the punishment would be to have that corpse chained to your back. And you would have to, you know, go through the streets of Rome with this dead corpse that you murdered on your back. And as it, you know, decayed and rotted and, you know, all the maggots and all that stuff would, you know, get into you and infect you, eventually leading to your own death. And so are you trying to run this race with a dead corpse? Tied to your back. Believe me, you're going to go nowhere fast. You're going to go nowhere fast. So what sin in your life do you need to get rid of? What sin in your life is keeping you from running this race? And we need to get aggressive with this sin. We need to be aggressive in the way that we deal with uh, our sins. Paul, uh, furthermore, in Colossians 3, 5 to 10, you just jot this down if you're taking notes. We don't have time to look at it. But he says, throw off sin. Throw off sin. Put on the new self. Throw off the old self. You know, this is an aggressive language. He's not talking about dealing with sin lightly. And so we need to heed Jesus and Paul's words to get aggressive with sin. Jesus in the gospel said, what, it's better to go to heaven with one eye or one hand than to, than to be caught up in sin. So let me ask you this. Are you having trouble seeing fruit in your life? 
Do you find yourself not being asked to serve or help out in certain ministries? Is your life and career not progressing? Do you feel God is withholding certain things from your life, like a relationship, a promotion, a raise? Do you have little joy and peace in your life? It's not going to be the exact cause in every case, but I would venture to say that sin may be the cause for a lot of those things. So we need to throw off sin. We need to get aggressive with sin. We need to seek discipleship, seek accountability. You know, put scripture up on your mirror or your fridge or your computer monitor. <clears throat> Delete those apps, install those blockers. And again, not just for yourself, though that should be enough in and of itself to just want a more pure and holy life between you and God. But again, for your brothers and sisters, for our church's sake, right? God forbid any one of us is the cause for lack of movement and growth in our church and fruit in our church. I think as we seek to do this, as we seek to get aggressive with our sin, uh, it's important that there's a communal aspect to this. Look again at uh, verse 2. It says, lay, uh, excuse me, verse 1, the middle portion, let us lay aside sin. Let us, right? So we're not just doing it on our own, but we're all doing it together. There's a communal, plural aspect to it in dealing with our sin and getting aggressive with our sin. So we need to confess it to others. We need to let others in to the sin in our lives. We need to bring it to the light. There are two ladies in our church who meet up regularly for accountability uh, because they've identified certain sins in their life, you know, things like anger, uh, purity, depression, and they're trying to, you know, keep each other accountable in pursuing a more holy life in regards to those things. I also know two men in our church that are meeting regularly to talk about, um, you know, just ways in which they can love and bless their spouses more and how their speech and their words, uh, you know, what that communicates to their spouses and to their kids. Bring it to the light. We need to help others that are entangled by sin. Earlier in Hebrews 6.10, the writer says that God will not forget the love you have shown him when you help other people. Hebrews 6.10 God will not forget the love you have shown him when you help other people. And so we need to be doing that for ourselves, for our brothers and sisters' sake. And some of this may sound harsh. I get that. But sin is real. Sin is real. And the enemy would want nothing more than for us to take sin lightly. For us to not think that all this weight and this dead corpse that we're carrying around is not going to affect us and the people around it. And so that's why we come to our final point. First, we saw a legacy of faith that we can follow in. Now we see uh, that we need to lay aside sin. And thirdly, lastly, we need to look to Jesus. We need to look to Jesus. Look at verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. <clears throat> In order to run the race, we need to look to Jesus. Why do we look to Jesus? Because he is the founder, author, and perfecter of our faith. In Hebrews 4, uh, 15 and 16, talks about how we can um, 
we have this high priest who has gone through everything that we've gone through, endured it all, yet was without sin. And because of that, there is grace to approach his throne. So yes, sin is real. We all struggle with it. We all have different things. But there is grace to still approach God's throne, to still come before him, to still uh, be confident that we can lift our heads and our eyes and fix our gaze on him. He is the founder or the author and perfecter of our faith. We may think we had a hand in our salvation. We may think, oh, you know, yeah, I said the prayer. I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. But no, in reality, everything about your salvation was began and initiated and will come to pass because of Jesus' complete work on the Christ. Ephesians 1 talks about you were predestined before the foundations of the world, before you know, you were even a thought in your parents' mind. God looked down history and saw that you would come to faith, that he would reconcile you back to himself. So why would we want to look anywhere else? Early in Hebrews 2.10, the writer of Hebrews uh, reiterates this idea that Jesus was the founder of our salvation. And so um, because he was the founder of our salvation, because he endured it all, went through it all and was without sin, he is also our perfect example. Think about Jesus' race that he ran. Uh, Matthew 4, as soon as he's baptized, he goes out into the wilderness and you know he's tempted by Satan in many ways that we're tempted. Power, prestige, provision, you know. And yet he trusts in God. He trusts in his heavenly Father and does not give in to those temptations. And then you fast forward towards the end in the garden where he says, not my will, but your will be done. And then at the cross, it is finished, John 19.30. Jesus ran the race well. He finished. He always kept his eyes fixed on his, his heavenly father and what his will was, what he was called to do. What is this idea of the, the joy that was set before him? For the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Two things. The joy that was set before God was glory at the right hand of his Father in heaven. And two, his joy was all of us that he is able to present to his heavenly Father. Every believer that he is able to present to the heavenly Father. Again, going back to that Hebrews 2.10 passage that talks about um, uh, that famous line that we have the hymn, you know, how deep the Father's love brings many sons to glory. You can look it up later. It says, bring many sons to glory. That is his joy. And so do you, do you realize, beloved, that you and I are Christ's joy today? That Christ takes joy in us. Do you realize, beloved, that on the cross, Jesus saw you and he saw me, and he took joy in going to the cross. Yes, it was painful. Yes, there was shame. He despised it, it says. He was mocked and beaten, forsaken by his own heavenly Father. The wrath of God was poured out on him for our sins and the sins of the world. Those sins that so easily entangle us, and yet they were nailed to the cross so that we could finish the race. 
so that we could win the prize, so that we could be received into heaven by God the Father. And so do not take your eyes off the prize, brothers and sisters. Think about Peter in Matthew 14. He, we forget oftentimes that the dude actually walked on water, right? And he did that when what? When his eyes were fixed on Jesus. When he was looking at Jesus. But the moment that he took his eyes off of Jesus, he looked at the water around him, the waves crashing, that's when he began to sing. We need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. We need to look to Jesus. The same concept, you know, track. Uh, I am super anti-running, but, you know, you've probably seen those YouTube videos. When you're running on the track, what do you do? A moving target is harder to hit, is it not? And so we have to look to Jesus to help continue to run the race when we're tired, when it's difficult, when we're burdened, when we stumble and fall. God will help us. Christ will help us. He will pick us up. He will help us finish the race. And so as we close, as we seek to run the race, again, remember the legacy of faith that's before us, and that we should be seeking to live a leg- have a legacy of faith of our own. We need to lay aside sin. Get aggressive with sin. Do what you need to do to bring sin to the light, to confess it, to seek accountability, to, to throw it off. And lastly, look to Jesus for grace and help and for the one who, even if we need it, will carry us across the finish line. Keep moving forward, church. Do not stop. Do not give up. Movement is key to finish the race. Again, things are starting to open up. The gun is about to go off to signal the restart. And so are we going to be ready to jump out of the blocks? I'm excited. I'm, I'm stoked. I'm ready to run. So who's going to run with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for uh, just your word today. God, and just uh, for your calling to help us run this race. God, and you don't call us to do it on our own. But God, you give us yourself to help us run this race and to finish it, God. Pray that we would um, keep our eyes fixed on you, that we would look to you. Have laser focus and resolve to run after you and after the prize. God, thank you for giving us the church, for giving us each other that we can look to for help when we need it. God, may we be a people and may we be a church that runs the race well and finishes strong. By your grace and by your mercy and for the praise of your glory. Amen.